When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Am I the Astronaut for not going to my uncle's wedding and going fishing? Backstory, six years ago, I female 30, then 24, married my high school sweetheart, male 29, then 23. I invited my uncle and cousins. In fact, his daughter was one of my seven bridesmaids. My uncle showed up before my wedding at 8 a.m. to drop my cousin off to get ready with us girls. He brought me my favorite coffee and informed me that he and my male cousin would not be attending the wedding. His current girlfriend would pick his daughter up after the reception. Obviously, I asked what was wrong, and it happened that they would not be in attendance. They were going fishing, and my cousin needed to drive him and breathe into the breathalyzer in his car. I have not talked to my uncle in six years. In fact, our six-year wedding anniversary is in June 2023. So now, present day, I received an RSVP for my uncle's wedding. He is marrying one of my parents' best friends. I wrote back on the not attending line, going fishing. Well, his bride-to-be called my mother yelling that I upset my uncle and I'm holding a grudge for his struggle and I need to forgive him. I told her of my six uncles, even the one that I hated the most and who struggles with addiction and is in and out of jail, took a shower, dressed up, stayed sober, and stood at the back of the church away from everyone and even left me a thing of flowers. But he went fishing and got drunk as a skunk and made his barely 16-year-old with a learner permit drive him home. I wasn't mad, I'm not mad, but I haven't talked to him in six years. Why would I attend? In fact, I'm going to be watching my female's cousin's baby because she's seven months pregnant and the baby will be two months old at the time of the wedding so his daughter can go. Am I the asconaut? Wowza. I don't know, this is a tricky situation. So the question is, am I the asshole for not going to my uncle's wedding and going fishing? Are you actually going fishing, OP? You said you were going fishing. I think the real question here is, am I the asshole for not going to my uncle's wedding? No, that is not the asshole thing. Let's piece this out. Am I the asshole for not going to my uncle's wedding? No, not the asshole. You guys aren't in contact even. You haven't talked to him in six years, whatever. Don't go. Now, Are you the asshole for writing, going fishing on the RSVP not attending line? Maybe. It was unnecessary. You could have just not gone. Now you had, if you're looking at tit for tat here and what you have the right to do, and Candace and I discussed this gauge of, or basically this spectrum of appropriate responses with someone recently. And at the very bottom of that, I classified it as what you have the right to do. It's the minimum of the gauge based on what you have the right to do. And yes, you had the right to do this. You had the right to be shitty back because it was a very shitty thing that they did, but you didn't have to do that. That was them. That's the bottom of the appropriate responses because it's something you have the right to do. At the very top of it would be like you going above and beyond, right? So that would have been like you actually going to the wedding, you actually getting them something. Obviously, you're not doing that. But there's this whole realm of things that you can do in here between the bare minimum, what's acceptable based on what they did, and then going above and beyond. 
So at the very bottom of that, I think, is what you did. And that is you wrote on the not attending line going fishing. You could have just not gone. So let's take a look at this for a second. Now, if you had actually already planned to go fishing, completely different story. If you just wrote that to just take a dig back at them, it's potentially an asshole move because you didn't have to do it back. And yeah, I mean, it was an asshole thing for your uncle to do to say he was going fishing. I mean, he did it in a nicer way, brought you coffee and said that you weren't going. It was still a really shitty thing to do. But writing this back on the not attending line could have been done differently. Maybe not should have been done, but could have been done differently. Now, you not going is no problem at all. No problem with that at all. And in this case, I hate even putting you in an asshole classification. If you're anything, it's a four because it could have been done differently. Not that you had to, but it could have been done differently. And I guess it all comes down to like, if somebody treats you badly, would you reciprocate or would you just move on? I think that's, that's what it comes down to is what is in character for you? It could have been done differently. The dig wasn't necessary. It is acceptable because of the reciprocation. It's what he did to you back in the past and you haven't seen him for six years. So not going is one issue and not an asshole at all for that. It is, you know, the message that you wrote on there that took the dig that is potentially problematic and it could have been done differently. Not that it should have, but it could have. Am I the astronaut for letting my daughter have a peanut butter cake when my nephew is allergic? So my daughter recently turned seven and for our family party, she asked for a peanut butter and chocolate cake. I agreed. I let my sister know not to bring my nephew three because of his allergy. It's so bad that he can't even be near or breathe in peanut butter particles. She asked if I would change the cake to be just chocolate so my nephew could come. I said no, that it was my daughter's cake and she can have peanut butter if she wants peanut butter. She called me unreasonable because my daughter could have could have had the peanut butter cake with her friend party. She didn't have cake with her friends, just had pizza. She said that my daughter needs to learn to compromise for the sake of the family. I told her that I would talk to my daughter, but not to expect a seven-year-old to choose her baby cousin over her favorite cake. Am I the asshole? My conversation with my daughter played out just like I predicted, and when I told my sister, she called my daughter selfish and ungrateful. She said that I'm a bad parent because I taught her to hate her nephew. She threatened that if my nephew wasn't welcome, that neither she nor her husband would come either. I said that was fine because she wasn't welcome either. I then reached out to my brother-in-law to let him know what was going on and to tell him he was still welcome if he wanted to come. He thanked me but said he would stay home to support my sister. Yeah, bro, if you went to that party, that would have been a dangerous move. Her party came and went, and my sister is still being very distant and cold. This has me wondering if I was too harsh to her and my nephew or too soft on my daughter. Am I the asshole? NTA, it's her birthday. That's my gut reaction here is that, is that you know, it's a seven-year-old kid who isn't allergic to peanut butter, and that's the kind of cake they want. And typically, the birthday person gets the cake that they want. If there's someone else who either doesn't like it or is allergic to it, then they just need to not be there for it, right? I mean, are you going to punish your child, which is what this equates to? Are you going to punish your child by not allowing them to have the birthday cake that they asked for because they have a cousin that's allergic? Allergies suck. I know it's nobody wishes it was this way. They wish it could be different. They wish that he could be there, but this is what she wanted. So for his, for his safety, he just needs to not be around it. My gut says NTA. You give your kid the cake that they want at their birthday party.
the kid would have taken this as I'm being punished because my cousin is allergic. There would have been a resentment built there that would have lasted for likely a long ass time. If she had, if, if the kid in this case had to sacrifice, they would have felt like they were being punished and they would have resented that. The, the tough part here is that it wasn't just that the kid couldn't be there or that the kid couldn't have the cake. It's that they couldn't be there because of that, that allergy. And they were having two parties, but the other party with the friend party, they were just having pizza. They weren't doing a cake. We've got someone who has an allergy saying, I would never expect that of someone. And then someone who had to sacrifice that for their cousins who had the allergy that said, I'm glad the kid got her cake because I wish I would have. I'm, I'm saying NTA because, because it's a seven-year-old kid that's not going to understand. They're just going to feel like they're being punished on their birthday of all times. And that is extremely tough. There are different ways to go about it. And you could have started teaching her now that, uh, that sometimes you have to make these concessions for people that, who have allergies and just deal with the backlash. The seven-year-old kid on their birthday, l- let them have the, the kind of cake that they want. And, and you know, maybe, maybe next year or maybe when she gets a little bit older and she can make that choice. But I think letting the kid choose at least takes the element out of it that they're going to feel like they're being punished. They have the choice. She had the conversation and still ended up the same way. Let the kid have the cake. They had the conversation. She asked if she would be willing to swap that out. And at this point had already said like, what kind of cake do you want? Peanut butter and chocolate. Okay. And then made the call to her sister. So they had already had that initial conversation. The kid already had the understanding that she was going to be having peanut butter and chocolate cake. If in the very beginning of this conversation, she would have been like, I'm sorry, we can't do peanut butter, at least at the family party. We could do it after. That would be a different situation, but because of how this was approached from the rip and she said, okay, to the peanut butter and chocolate cake right from the beginning, it would be hard to backpedal on that as a parent. Now, next year, she could take a different approach to it. There are other options available in this scenario because of the way that it started off NTA for letting her have the cake that she said she would let her have. Why the astronaut for not taking care of my boyfriend's dog? A while back, I posted on a Reddit throwaway account this story and was deemed not the a-hole. But against my better judgment, I decided to give the relationship another try, and now here I am once again wondering if I'm in the wrong. A bit of a recap. Previously, after two years of dating, my boyfriend, 28 male, and I, 29 female, moved in together into a fifth-floor apartment in the city. It didn't have an elevator, I should add. He had his dog, four years old Pudge, and I had mine, 10 years old Ivar, which we brought with us. We had been taking care of them since our own, on our own separately until moving in together. At first, we had our routine. We'd go for a long morning walk before work. I'd come home on lunch to potty the dogs by myself. Then in the evening, we would go for another long walk together. Six months later, boyfriend stopped walking the dogs with me altogether. He also stopped buying his dog food. Both dogs eat separate food, so I ended up buying both bags each month that cost between $60 to $80 a piece. It even went as far as taking and paying for his dog to see the vet after we had gone hiking. Pudge slipped down an embankment and we went and we thought he broke his leg. I have pet insurance, so when we took him in, I covered the out-of-pocket costs of what insurance didn't. Boyfriend said, since we lived together, there was no need to pay me back for any of it. I did confront him about all of this, and he said, since he works a physical job and is tired from working so hard, once he's walked up the stairs, he won't walk back down. He also said, since he makes more money and pays most of the bills, that I need to be grateful for what he does for us. Go ahead and fly them right now. 
I told him none of this was fair to me or his dog, but he just responded with, since, since I am doing it all with Ivar anyway, it shouldn't matter that I do the same for Pudge. I then refused to take Pudge out in the morning and evenings. Pudge would whine at the door when I left without him and I felt really bad for leaving him. But for about a week after, boyfriend would come trudging down the stairs after me with Pudge in tow. So I thought my plan was working until the morning of the original post. When Ivar and I went out on our morning walk and upon our return, boyfriend was walking out of the apartment with Pudge. He walked past me and didn't say a word. When I walked into the apartment, I saw Pudge had peed on the floor and hadn't been fed. I wasn't mad at the dog at all, it just made me really sad and angry with the boyfriend. After that, we argued some more and he told me his behavior wouldn't change. I ended up leaving him and moving back home for a while with both dogs. He didn't want the responsibility of taking care of Pudge anymore. So here we are currently. Boyfriend had a job change and he's moved back into the area. We started seeing one another again after he told me how much he missed me and the dogs. He bought a house that has a nice sized yard and wanted us to move back in with him. I've been here three weeks now. The dogs and I are settled in and everything has been pretty nice. Here is where I think I might be the asshole. He still hasn't apologized for how he behaved when we were living in the apartment. I'm holding on to this grudge. I won't let him take Pudge anywhere alone or even let him get into a normal routine with him. I know this is wrong because Pudge was his for four years, but he was forcibly given to me. He's been under my care for months, and I'm scared that boyfriend is going to try to pull the same crap as last time. We have talked about this, and he feels like he's done nothing wrong. Boop. He was under a lot of pressure at his last job that left him stressed and tired. He expected me, as his partner, to support him and pick up the slack. At the time, none of this was communicated to me, and it still feels like a poor excuse. Life doesn't stop just because things get tough. He wants to take Pudge back as his dog. He says we can go back to how it was before I left the first time. I told him no, and if anything goes sideways, Pudge will be staying with me. We've argued about it a couple of times now, but I am holding my ground. I'm not sure about our relationship. I think I was too swept up in the familiar emotions and jumped the gun to move back in with him. Am I the asshole for holding on to these feelings and not letting him take over full ownership of Pudge? I think Brozo here took the approach when you are a at least a married couple or in a relationship where you've gotten to the point where you're you're doing everything with a team approach his expectation that she would pick up the slack for him is maybe got a little bit of validity to it but it doesn't happen the way that he was trying to make it happen it doesn't happen because you force it upon someone and you're like i ain't doing it you do it that's that's not how teamwork goes that's just that's just shirking responsibility and shoving it onto someone else. That's not that's not the teamwork approach that he was talking about that he thought would happen. And he didn't communicate back then either. If he wanted something like that to happen, it would have had to be in, it would have had to have been some communication to the effect of, hey, I'm getting my ass kicked by work right now. I straight up don't have the energy to go do the the evening walk, which I'm sure he did. It was just he was just didn't want to. But if he would have communicated that and said, would you mind doing this? That would have been a different conversation instead of as soon as I come up the stairs, I'm not coming back down. You're already doing it with one dog. Might as well do it with two. Maybe it wasn't how he said it. Maybe it was what he said, but he didn't communicate the way that he should have communicated if he wanted that teamwork approach to be able to help him out in this area. Now, the other side of it is it was his dog and that's a double-edged blade in this case because it's his dog. He should have been taking care of it. They weren't married. They were just living together. He should have kept up the responsibility with it instead of being like, Pfft. and then letting her take the dog 
not letting her, forcing her to take the dog with her whenever she left, he was forcibly given to her. So he essentially abandoned his dog by doing that. Now he wants them all back. Behavior probably hasn't changed. He said he apologized. Well, no, he didn't apologize. He didn't apologize for how he acted back then and still feels like he's done nothing wrong. So the big red flag in all of this is, isn't you know necessarily tied to the dogs. It's anything that you need some kind of teamwork approach on, anything. He's going to have this, this communication style of you do it instead of, hey, would you mind helping me out by doing this thing? And he's he's using ammo of, I make more money, I pay for more things, so you should do these things. Brozo move, not smart. How has that changed? Is that different now? The biggest red flag for me was how he looks at a partnership and how he looks at him being the primary breadwinner is the dictation of how how things should be split up workload wise. That's a huge problem because it's going to affect so many other areas in life. How he abandoned his dog is another huge red flag. I mean, there's, there's an emotional detachment there that can't be overlooked. That sucks too. Um, this I'm calling this an NTA. It was not a smart move to move back in though, before resolving all of this shit, this is definitely something that should have been resolved ahead of time. Am I the astronaut for refusing to replace something I broke? For context, I, 32-year-old female, recently broke up with my boyfriend, 32-year-old male. We dated for a little over a year and, while we did have some good times, also had a lot of problems in that time. During the course of the relationship, I did a lot to help my ex who experienced a lot of hardships while we were together. I would give money, and not small amounts, sometimes hundreds of dollars at a time, to help him with whatever was happening at the time, usually with the understanding that he would pay me back as soon as he was able. Unfortunately, this never happened, but there would almost always come about another problem that he needed money for. This even included allowing him to use a credit card of mine that I had recently paid off, which he quickly maxed out the $5,000 limit, still with promises of repayment. I was always happy to give because I loved him and genuinely wanted to help. This continued to be an issue, though, because I asked that he, at the very least, make the monthly payment on the card since he is the one who created the balance, but he never seemed to be able to come through consistently, if at all. Things ended between us because I found out he had been seeing someone else and that this was actually the second time I had caught him cheating. When I ended things, I promptly packed up the few belongings he had left at my place for him to collect, including a clipper set, approximately worth $70, that he uses for personal grooming as well as sometimes cutting hair on the side for extra money. While packing his belongings, I accidentally dropped the bag the clippers were in and it turns out they were damaged. He informed me of this and I apologized, explaining that it was not done intentionally but was an accident. I felt he was trying to guilt trip me into replacing the clippers though, saying things like, what are you going to do about this? Even though I was still open to remaining friends, this made me pretty angry considering all the money he still owes me, so I informed him that I will not be replacing the clippers because he has a job and can do it himself. I have also told him that I will pay the credit card off myself and want no further contact with him. So, am I the asshole? Oh, man. You know, I feel like this is probably a thing that happens to a lot of people, specifically ladies, where they start dating a guy who tanks their credit. It's a recurring theme. It's something that happens a lot. What am I going to do? I'll deduct that little penance from the massive amount of money that you owe me. I'll take it off your tab, boy. 
This was a golden opportunity, golden opportunities to deliver that line and be like, your new balance is this. And remember, he maxed out the $5,000 credit card in addition to being given hundreds of dollars at a time to fight whatever problem was going on. That's tough. You definitely not the asshole for not replacing the thing that you broke. He's the asshole for not replacing the thing that he broke, which is trust. And it's not just the money. I mean, he cheated, which dude, okay, what? Here, I'm going to rely on you to survive. Please give me money. I need to use your credit card. And by the way, I'm going to max it out. And then I'm going to cheat on you because clearly you have no boundaries until after the fact. And if you're the asshole for anything, you're the asshole to yourself for not having those boundaries ahead of time, only after the fact. And hopefully this has changed and now you would never do this thing again. And unfortunately, a lot of people go through this. It takes getting burned to create a boundary, but hopefully this never happens again. Hopefully you've learned and you never let people treat you like this again because he just thought he could walk all over you in every way, every single way possible. It's a terrible situation to be in. This sucks. Definitely not the asshole. I'm sorry you ended up in this situation, and it sucks. Bad. Real bad. I'm surprised that you said that you would just pay the card off and want no further contact with him, though. I mean, I get he was never going to give you any money to pay it off anyway. I get that. But you could have taken him to small claims court or done something to at least recoup some of that. But apparently it was worth it to you to just take that on and just have a clean break. That sucks. I'm sorry. Am I the astronaut for making my future mother-in-law cry? I, 23 female, and my fiance, 25 male, dated for four years, and recently we got engaged. We had been planning a relatively small but meaningful wedding when I, unfortunately, lost my secondary income stream. I am a teacher by day, so I really relied on that income. My fiance recently changed careers, and so he is still working his way back up in his field and can't contribute the way I used to. After an honest chat, we decided to push our date by a year so we would have time to figure out a way to make money, and at worst case, cancel and elope. At this point, my future mother-in-law came to me to curse me out for not involving her in this choice as she had her own guests who she now has to inform about the change. I was already anxious that she may try to expand our guest list without my consent, and I was correct. My fiancé has defended me in the situation, but mother-in-law has had multiple cry-fests with other family members claiming that I am ruining the wedding and destroying her son's big day. Is it her son's big day or is it her big day 2.0? I think we all know. I think we all know the answer to that. I honestly don't know what to do at this point as I will not be able to make to just make $10,000 appear to cover our shortfall and I feel like a failure in the eyes of my new family for not being able to afford everything. So the question begs, am I the asshole for not consulting her? Update, thank you all for your kindness and support. The reason I have a second income is due to my very expensive medical bills. I have had issues with my health since I was young, and most recently I've been going through chemo for breast cancer. When I mentioned to her that it was my chemo or the wedding, she suggested we just pause my treatment and pay for the wedding. What? Wait, 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 what? What? Uh... I think you should pause your cancer treatments for the wedding. You don't want the cost to interfere with the big day for my boy. My baby has to have his wedding. Do you really need the chemo? Really? Do you? I don't know that you do. Uh, okay. She just sent herself straight to ask on one. My fiance and I have now cut off all communication and we are focusing on finding a means to 
for funds to pay for chemo. We will be eloping this year with just us two. Thank you all for the support. I truly believed I was the a-hole because of her. No! No, 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 no. Holy crap. Okay, it's not like she was jumping in and contributing the difference. It's you guys were trying to figure out a way to make it work and you were being responsible. Most parents would be like, I can't believe it. My babies are being responsible with their money. They're planning ahead. They're putting things off so they can make sure that they can afford them. But hell no. Mother-in-law in this case is like, I'm going to look so dumb to my friends because I'm going to have to go back and tell them that the party's moving, if not canceled, because his fiance can't afford it. She has to pay for her. Gosh, hecking chemo. What a see you next Tuesday. Straight to ask on one with her. Let's, let's talk about OP first. OP, am I the asshole for making my mother-in-law, my future mother-in-law cry? No. And you should probably do it more often because she probably needs to experience enough pain to create some change. She's got a whacked out worldview right now where she's prioritizing her son's big day over your cancer treatment. That tells you everything you need to know about this woman, but we'll go ahead and make it official and send her straight to ask on one. Straight to ask on one with you, mother-in-law. What in the hell? First of all, nobody buys that you're looking out for your son's big day. This is a party for you where you get to show off in front of your friends. There was no mention of you contributing to this wedding at all, which makes it a little bit confusing. But but it's like you're just so worried about how you look to other people that your brain is just crosswired and there's just smoke coming from your ears and your hair because you, you're not thinking clearly. Someone's well-being and their ability to receive medical treatment trumps a party. Definitely should, but pretty sure you were only thinking about yourself in this case. Mumsy. And I'm glad they've gone no contact with you. And I hope walking that to your friends... I'm sure I'm sure the story mother-in-law cooked up for this is is a, a whopper too. So she doesn't have to look bad to all of her friends. I'm sure she's cooked up a, a whale of a tail. No, this mother-in-law needs to needs to cry a lot more. I mean, look, um her fiance is with her in this, not with Mumsy. But I see your point that you're gonna be tied to this no matter what. However, hopefully you love the person that you're marrying enough to to overcome that. Right. And as long as he stays no contact and and if they got married and immediately he was like, oh, my mom's back in our lives. We're married. What are you going to do? Uh, that would be a, a really shitty situation. And it's a possibility, but she's got to trust him there. the astronaut for not wanting my mother-in-law to come visit so heads up this is going to be long i had a baby in december i had to have an emergency c-section but both the baby and i are doing great my in-laws came for a visit two weeks after she was born to help with the cooking cleaning and with my oldest daughter since i had just had major surgery they got a hotel at my husband's request but they only went there to sleep they all just hung out here in our tiny 650 square foot apartment from 7.30 or 8 a.m. to 9.30 or 10.30 p.m. So there were five adults, a teenager, two kids under five, and a newborn baby. It was tight to say the very least. From the moment they got here, my mother-in-law grabbed my baby out of my arms, sat down on the couch, and would not 
move except to tell me what to do or take the baby from me very helpful mother-in-law very helpful clean this give her to me the older baby needs a diaper change she smells will you do the five-year-old's hair get me a snack you've been feeding her forever etc my husband did try to step in he took his brothers and dad out of the house so it wasn't as crowded and that helped a ton he would also ask her to help and she would just complain that she wasn't feeling well so somebody else could do it i was feeding the baby in the bedroom and our dog had an accident on our carpet So she came into my room, took the baby out of my arms and said, I'll take her while you go clean up the mess. My hubby and the boys weren't home. So it was just me, her, my kids and a five-year-old girl. I did all the cooking and cleaning and took care of her kids so she could rest and spend time with the grandbaby. Well, the men weren't there. She would tell her kids to raid my fridge and pantry without asking and close and close to $350 of food was gone in two days. We are college students full time and food is expensive. So that's a big deal to us. She was constantly complaining about how much the food I'd made for dinner slash lunch slash snack. Every meal upset her stomach and she was always hungry and her words, not mine. She was going to overflow the toilet. Did I mention she's a huge oversharer? Then to put the cherry on top, the last day they were here, they came in the morning, got all comfortable on my couch. And when my husband came out of the back room with the baby said, just so you know, we found bed bugs in our hotel room and our luggage this morning. I saw red. I was so mad I couldn't say a word. I just took the baby into the bedroom and fed her until they left. Then I spent the rest of the day looking for bed bugs and cleaning everything top to bottom. Since then, sadly, she's been diagnosed with cancer, but she has been responding well to treatments and her prognosis is really good. Now they're wanting to come up and visit us again. And I feel like an asshole because I am dreading seeing her and repeating that whole experience. I don't want to be rude. I just don't want to spend that much time with her. Am I the asshole? The question is, am I the asshole for not wanting my mother-in-law to come visit? She doesn't really come visit though, right? She comes over and does a hostile takeover. If it was visiting, that would be one thing, but that's not what's happening. She's coming over and not helping with the things that she's supposed to be helping with. She was supposed to be helping with everything not baby related and instead done what we've seen so many mothers-in-law do in stories and just jumps in and steals the baby from you which why the hell did you let that happen and just proceeds to boss you around about everything else which is the last thing that needed to happen a boundary here to say no no i've got her i need your help with xyz would have been good now Boundaries with a mother-in-law, I'm sure, are difficult to create, but you got to do it because, look, they want to come back. And her understanding of the situation right now is she's got no boundaries. I could railroad her. I can do whatever the hell I want. I can boss her around. I can just go hold the baby the whole time. You've got to create boundaries at some point here. You are not the asshole for wanting your mother, for not wanting your mother-in-law to come visit. And again, that's a feeling. Your feeling is not wanting that to happen. You can't be an asshole for feeling something. You can only potentially be an asshole for acting on that in a certain way. So in this case, you cannot want her to come and say no, or you can say yes, but only if X, Y, Z and get a mutual understanding of the boundaries before you agree to have them there, which may be the play here or say yes. And when they arrive, make sure you have your, your boundaries up and your shields up right then because she's going to do everything she can to tear them down. You're not the asshole for feeling this. You have some options about what to do with it though. And I really feel like the smart play would be like, sure. If you agree to do this or you agree to not do these things because they were not helpful at all. In fact, I, you know, I was trying to recover from a, 
a serious surgery and you made it harder for me. You actually did more harm than good. And you may have to explain that in order to convey the the need for these boundaries, but you're going to have to create boundaries one way or another. There's no way to not do this. You got to do it. So not the asshole, but got to get those boundaries in place. The husband needs to step up too and defend you as well. Agreed. And I mean, the one thing that he did here, we didn't talk about him at all. The one thing that he did was was try to get the rest of the guys away to free up some space there, which was a little bit helpful. But when it's time to convey those boundaries to his mom, you are going to need his help. Am I the Askinoff for returning my husband's birthday party birthday gift to pay for the birthday cake my daughter baked after he refused to pay her? My daughter, 16, has a thing for baking. She bakes cakes and some sweets and makes money out of it by selling her work to relatives, friends, and supposedly us. My husband, her stepdad, his 40th birthday took place days ago. He asked my daughter to bake him the birthday cake and she agreed. I told him about paying her, to which he responded with, pay her? Get out of here. I'm her dad. I insisted, seeing how she's a yes person and a people pleaser, so won't outright demand the money from him. He said he'd pay, but days went by and he didn't pay her a cent. I decided to go ahead and sell the wristwatch I bought him as a birthday gift and pay her for it. He found out and went off on me. I told him he had enough time and he should have paid her even before he received the cake. He said that I was teaching her to treat familial relationships as transactional and rated her to be materialistic. I explained the time, effort, and even money she put towards making the cake, but he lashed out verbally calling me an asshole for making this move and for enabling my daughter to expect so much from family that she's supposed to help with nothing in return. He's furious and told almost the whole family about how I took back his birthday gift and returned it. I got enough shame from family members to begin thinking that I might be an asshole for how I dealt with this. Am I the asshole? Edit! Y'all, my daughter did want and expect to be paid. If she intended for it to be free, then I would have kept my mouth shut. And also, the wristwatch wasn't expensive. I kept the rest of the money after giving my daughter her share. So, okay, thoughts on this story. I had to to take the helmet off so I could actually hear. This is a complicated deal because she started doing this to make money. She started doing this with the understanding that she was doing it for other people, selling it to them to make money. So... There was an understanding up front that she would be doing this for money. She was buying ingredients herself. She was putting in the time. It was, it's her side hustle. He knows that it's her side hustle and thought, what, just because I'm her dad, I don't have to honor that, even though she's spending her own money to do this, which would be fine if it was communicated ahead of time because you've got a deviation from the norm. Every other family member paid her to do it because they want to support her side hustle, right? It's as much about her as it is the person that she's doing this for. And I'm sure she puts extra love and care into it beyond what she's being paid for it. The other side of this is that if it's a true side hustle and she wants to be paid for it, she probably needs to learn to do some kind of invoicing system for this, right? I mean, if it's a true side hustle and she wants to make money doing this and grow this and make it become a thing, she probably needs to needs to come up with some kind of formal system for this. But the understanding of this side hustle was that that she was doing it to make money. That's why family members were having her do it. This is just a, it's a tricky one because I understand kind of where dad's coming from, but the precedent had been set that she was doing this for money. And that's the only reason she's doing it. She didn't start doing this because she 
you know, wants to bake a cake for everybody in the world. She started doing this because she wanted to do something she enjoyed and make money at it. She needed a side hustle. And that's what she started doing. He asked her and he knew beforehand that she was doing this to make money. Now, I don't know that mom stepping in was the play. I don't know that mom stepping, but he agreed to pay her. That's the kicker here. So, so he said, you should pay her. This is her, this is her job. This is what she's doing to make money. And, and at first he bucked against it, but then he said he would do it. There's the kicker. He said he would do it. Now, also, life's busy. I don't know how much time did she let go by before she took his birthday gift back to pay her. You know what? Okay, so mom stepping in and doing what she did, the daughter would have let this go, wouldn't have said a word about it because it's her dad. I think it kind of seems like she was taking donations for this, not necessarily like you owe me X amount of dollars for doing this thing. It's a I will do this thing for you if you want to donate to the cause so that I can keep doing this cool um it seems like that was the arrangement going on here i don't know that for sure but she would have not said a a word about it and it probably wouldn't have been a big deal for her she would have just been like well you know yeah you win a donation on some you lose some mom stepping in and doing what she did was probably stepping over the line and and even if anything should have maybe talked to the daughter and said hey if you want to be paid for this you need to talk to your dad about it your stepdad about it Instead, she took his gift back. There were different paths available for He had enough time to take care of it. There were different paths available for it. She could have just kept riding his ass about it until he finally got it done. Or she could have cut the daughter a check on their behalf. Taking the gift back in order to get the funds from that was a statement, right? That was a middle finger statement. This is a blended family too, so it's extra tough and delicate. Um, It's very tough. And you know what? I I think where we're at is here. I think we're at an everyone sucks here. I really think we are. Everyone sucks except for the 16-year-old daughter because she wouldn't have said jack about it. She would have just done it and been happy to do it and been like, yeah, whatever. Uh, Now, there was the edit down here and she said that y'all, my daughter, did want and expect to be paid. So she expected to be paid for it because that was the precedent. The precedent had been set for that. Now, she wouldn't have said anything if if he didn't end up doing it. So... That's why I'm saying she's not the asshole here because she would have let it slide. Mom took a statement approach to this and gave dad the middle finger. Dad let it drag on for too long. And if their president was set that she was doing this for money, then he asked her to do it knowing that she does this for money. Then you have to have the expectation of paying. Then she could have said, no, no, this one, you're my dad. This one, I I can't accept your money for it. That's a different kind of thing. Uh, Should have at least had the expectation that he was going to pay for it. But everybody sucks here. Am I the astronaut for not making my brother and his fiance a wedding cake after they refused to pay me? I-25 love to bake. It's a big passion of mine and something I love to do as a hobby in my free time. I have an Instagram account that I use to show off my work, which is mainly the cakes I bake and decorate. I make these cakes for family and friends for birthdays or special occasions, Christmas, Easter, etc. I never charge for these cakes, but I'm always compensated in some way by my family and friends. They'll usually gift me money or a gift card to my favorite restaurants or make me a dish in return as a thank you. It's like the 16-year-old girl from the last story has grown up. 
And here she is. My younger brother, 23 male, and his fiance, 23 female, were planning their wedding and asked me a few months in advance if I'd be able to make their cake for them. This would be my biggest order yet. They wanted a three-layer cake, wedding with 75 people, and the flavor of strawberry shortcake as it's their favorite. I was hesitant at first but agreed to make the cake, under the condition that I was compensated for it. I explained to them that it was the biggest order I've ever had, and I was it was going to take up a lot of my time, labor, and be costly. I gave them a very fair price for a cake of that caliber. They agreed. I also made it clear that I wanted to be paid before the wedding. I provided them multiple sketches of what the cake would look like, made a practice batch of the actual cake so that they could sample, and they loved the cake and approved of everything. Fast forward to last week, six days before the wedding. I contacted my brother for my payment as I was going to get started on buying the rest of the ingredients for the cake, minus the strawberries. I was going to do that closer to the date so they could be fresh. He and assured me he'd drop off my check the next day. Next day came, brother went MIA and no check arrived. So I tried to contact him again. Next day came, no check again. I offered to drive to their house and pick up the check. They made an excuse that it didn't work with their schedules. So the day before the wedding, I contacted both my brother and his fiance asking again. They blew up on me telling me that I'm a selfish bitch for charging them when I don't charge the rest of my family and that they refused to pay but demanded me to make the cake. What? I said no and explained my terms again. They called me a selfish asshole and said I better make the damn cake. I again said no. So the day of the wedding, I decided not to attend due to the amount of disrespect they showed me. Well, my brother, his fiance, and her family are now blowing up my phone, sending me all kinds of nasty messages. My family are trying to stay out of it, but don't think I should have screwed them like that. Am I the asshole for not making the cake after they refused to pay? Info, I was charging them $400. They would have had to pay any business to do this, and... She explained ahead of time, yes, she does She does cakes without a payment required for other family members that are much smaller projects. This was going to be a massive project, which is why it was going to cost actual money. Also, everyone else that she did a cake for compensated her in some way. It wasn't going to be free-free, no matter what. You know what I mean? A $400 for a three-tier cake for 75 people is probably a pretty damn good deal. And they sampled it and loved it. She's done. She did a practice run on it. Like she's got, she's got a lot of time and cost into this. She's going to need the money to make the cake. She's got to go get all the ingredients. It's not like she just like snaps her fingers and goes out to the garden and gets all of her cake materials from it. It's not, it's not like that. Here's something that we have to think about to this point. She had only done unpaid projects. This was going to be her biggest one yet. If she was doing wedding cakes as an official gig, this is, this is a side passion project for her. She does this for fun. What she ends up doing for people, they compensate her somehow for If This was an official small business. I'd say, yeah, this is like a fresh books kind of thing. You need some kind of signed agreement up front. You need some kind of formal payment system in place up front, 50% down 50%, um, like within a week or 50% due a week before the actual event, some kind of structure like that. And if she was going into actual business for this, it would probably be, she'd probably get to that point. And this case it was just the biggest one yet it's the first thing that she's tackled like this and she had to had to have that money up front to be able to have the materials to even make the cake so they're like no we're not paying you make the cake how exactly would you like me to do that you snap my fingers you want me to go in the hole making this cake you want me to invest all this time and for me to just pay for all the materials and receive no compensation for it whatsoever and then want me to to go to your wedding and sit there and pretend like i'm happy about it too no no thanks 
that, uh, yeah, they agreed to pay up front and then they reneged on it. And that is not okay. They knew that what they were doing was wrong. They knew what they were doing was wrong. And I wonder what they told the rest of the family, because if the rest of the family is as pissed as they are, I'm guessing that there was no cake at the wedding. And you know what? Weddings get expenses, expensive. They could have had a lot of runaway expenses that ate into the funds that they had set aside for this cake and just couldn't pull it off. And if that's the case, like say that up front and I'm guessing that OP would have been like, Hey, I get it. Um, but I'm guessing that you guys are going to get some money as wedding gifts. Like just write, I need a written guarantee for you that, that, you know, like the day after the wedding, you will pay or one week after or whatever it is. I'm sure she would have been understanding if it was some kind of good reason for it, but that wasn't the case here. They were just shitty about it. And then afterwards got the whole family to be shitty as well. Well, that's going to solve your problems. It's not going to make a cake appear on your wedding day. They just didn't want to be. They didn't want it to be their fault to all these other people. So they had to they had to project that blame onto someone else. You ain't gonna pay, you ain't gonna get no cake. Am I the astronaut for telling my friend to leave our Airbnb? Me and my boyfriend, female 20 and male 20, rented a lake house Airbnb for this week and we invited some friends. There are eight of us on this trip. Me and my boyfriend, Alex, Kate, and her boyfriend, James, Alyssa, and her boyfriend, Thomas, and two of our single friends, Lauren and Simon. The lake house has four bedrooms. Bedrooms one, two, and three have king beds and bedroom four is a bunk bed. We specifically got this Airbnb because it made sense that the couples would sleep on the king beds and the two singles would get the bunk bed. Everyone drove up to the Airbnb this morning. Me and my boyfriend were the last ones that got there because we stopped and got everybody some lunch. By the time we got there, everyone had picked their rooms and unloaded their bags. The last room left was the bunk bed room. I stepped out into the living room where everyone was and asked why Lauren and Simon weren't sleeping in the bunk bed room. Lauren said the king bed was more comfortable. Me and Simon don't want to sleep on the bunk bed. I said, that's not really fair. The other couples all get a king bed. The bunk bed was specifically for you guys, so please just move your stuff. Then Lauren said, no, we got here first, so we get dibs. I then said, either you guys move into the bunk bedroom or you guys can leave. Me and Alex are the ones that paid for the Airbnb, so at the end of the day, what we say goes. Lauren got all mad, grabbed her stuff, and left. Simon got up and said it wasn't a problem, that he'd move into the bunk bedroom. I got a text from Lauren just now saying that I was being a bitch over a little literal bunk bed. All of our friends are on our side about this, but I don't know, am I the asshole? I didn't mean to make Lauren upset, but she was being so difficult. Edit, I got a couple of comments already about this, but the Airbnb was completely paid for by me and Alex. Everyone else was in charge of food, snacks, alcohol, and any activities we want to do. We didn't ask anyone to pay their share of the Airbnb. Well, there you go. I think that makes it pretty flippin' simple, but how much easier would this whole situation have been with some communication ahead of time? How much easier would this have been to say to the group, group text, okay, couples get the kings, singles in the bunk bed would have solved everything. And maybe OP did that ahead of time, but they probably just assumed that people would figure it out because it's not hard to figure out when they got there. But <laughs> being the last ones there, because you are picking up lunch for everybody else, they leave you the bunk bedroom knowing that you are paying for this Airbnb. You got some shitty friends. I think that's what this comes down to. If you're paying for the place and they leave you the bunk bed when you stop to pick up lunch and that's why you're the last one there, you have some shitty friends and not just the ones that, that were supposed to be in the bunk bed, the other friends who let it happen and didn't put up a fight about it. 
if your other friends didn't say, whoa, 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 uh, they're paying for all this. I'm pretty sure they're going to want the king room. Also, there are a couple pretty sure they're going to want one bed. You guys are singles bunk bed. Nobody wants to sleep in the bunk bed. I get it. But you don't take the freaking king room away from the people who are paying for the place. And if your other friends didn't step up for you, they're assholes, too. You are not the asshole for telling your friend to leave. Well, that's not the first thing you said. First thing you said was move your shit. And she wouldn't. That's when you said that you that's when you told her to either move it or leave. I'm going with NTA here because if she had the balls to do that, knowing that you were paying for the place and knowing that you were the last one there just because you were getting lunch for everyone, some shitty entitlement going on there. They took the room away from the people who paid for it. Like, I'm sorry, dibs. Where's my lunch? The other friends not sticking up for this. I have a big problem with maybe they were just waiting till they got there to talk to them about it. Uh, but, but OP jumped on it first thing there. Yeah. NTA for that one. Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content. And if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the Askonauts today. Thanks again.